welcome to the South Point Living Podcast. I'm Melissa Hopper, Creative Director at South Point Publishing. And as always, I'm here with Mark Ribble, editor of the South Point Sun. Hello, Mark. Hello, Melissa. How is it going? It's going good. How about you? Doing well. Doing well. Got through Father's Day. It was a very hot and humid day, but we got through it. So that's Yes, good. happy belated Father's Day. Thank you. Um, and yeah, hard to believe that we're already flying through June and before we know it, July is going to be here. And actually in mentioning that too, um, next week, we're going to have a special bonus podcast that will be a trivia podcast only in honor of Canada Day, in addition to our regularly scheduled podcast as well. So anybody that's uh, liking the trivia here, make sure you keep an eye out for that one. Yes, we're looking forward to that. On the topic of trivia, do you have this week's trivia questions, Andy? I do. I have five trivia questions ready to go. All right, let's hear. So num- number one is which planet is the hottest in our solar system? Number two, what is Japanese sake made from? Number three, which country is the largest exporter of Christmas trees? Number four, what were the group of friends in the movie Stand By Me searching for throughout the movie? And number five, name that tune with these lyrics. It's close to midnight, something evil's lurking in the dark. Okay, I think it just came to me. All right. Good. I think I got that last one. You um, think you got them all? Um, no. I think I have three of five, potentially four, but I don't think I'm going to go five for five. I have yet to go five for five on our podcast trivia. So, um, right. yeah. We'll see how I do. Then we'll give those answers uh, later in the podcast. And what do you have coming out in the sun this week? Well, I think the big story in the sun this week is um, is the evacuation order has been lifted in Wheatley for the most part. I think all but two businesses are were okay to go back into their buildings. All the residents that were displaced in Wheatley over the last 17 days due to the gas leak have uh, have now returned. So there's a lot of cleanup for people that are cleaning out refrigerators that were off for 17 days. I can't even imagine what they were dealing with at that point. But uh, there's still two businesses, um, 15 Talbot or 15 Erie North and nine Talbot West, Talbot East, sorry, that are uh, still under the evacuation order and probably won't be allowed back in for a while yet until they get some uh, better monitoring going on on gas levels in those two buildings. Well, yeah, good for everyone who, um, you know, was displaced from that, that all but those two um, addresses that those people are able to get back in. But like you said, just thinking of how quickly all of that happened and the evacuation and they just had to to get out of there right away or weren't allowed to come home if they were out when it happened. Right. And I was talking to George Imason from Legion Branch 324 and George told me that he was able to get in on the evacuation day and get out a lot of the perishables out of their freezer and stuff at the Legion. So they didn't lose uh, a lot, but there were businesses that lost uh, a lot of uh, perishable stuff. So um, good for the Legion to be able to get through that, but uh, others were not so fortunate. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's, hopefully they can get everything under control so those remaining two buildings can get back in there. That's right. That's right. Um, in other news, uh, Mill Street School has been sold. And uh, this is good news for the neighborhood because it's going to remain a school. Um, it's been purchased by uh, South Shore Christian School that operates out of the uh, Calvary Baptist Church on the Bevel Line. And uh, they, um, they will take over 
at the end of this month and plan on having classes uh, for this coming school year there. So I spoke with Hilda McDonald about that, the mayor, and talked about the sale and, and what it does for the, the neighborhood in keeping it as a school. That's, that's a plus for them, I believe. And, and uh, I think for South Shore Christian School, that's a plus for them to have a much bigger building. They have 135 students uh, to put in into that building. So and that building's been empty for quite a while, hasn't it? Has I mean, since Mill Street yeah. closed, was there anything that was going on there in the meantime? Not that I know of. Nothing official. Um, I don't think there was anything going on in there. And that building is relatively new. That was built for the uh, centennial in 1967. So it was a, a relatively new um, building compared to some of the other schools. And uh, a lot of people don't know this, but if you look at a map of Leamington from above, that uh, school was originally shaped like a maple leaf to commemorate the 1967 centennial. Right. Well, there's so some local it, trivia for you. Yeah. Um, elsewhere, we've got uh, residents down on Forest Avenue near Seacliff Park that are that are fed up with the speeders and the loud mufflers of the traffic that's going by. And it's not only Forest Avenue, it's it's uh, Cherry Lane, it's Robson Road, it's Erie Street South, it's even Benny Avenue and other locations throughout Leamington that are having issues with all of the speeding that's going on. One uh, resident on Forest Avenue told me he clocked someone at 120 kilometers an hour in a, I believe that's a 40 kilometer an hour zone at Seacliff Park there. So. So um, they're, they're afraid a child's going to run out and get hit with all the congestion down there on the weekends and, and everything. They said it's only a matter of time before someone gets badly hurt. So they've gone to the municipality, they've talked to the OPP, and solutions are being worked on right now. So hopefully anybody that's been experiencing that issue, there'll be some relief in the near future. That, yeah, definitely. And I've, I've experienced that personally, um, seeing people speeding in a lot of those, those areas that you mentioned. And I don't know if it's just me, maybe it was just being home more often, but um, I definitely noticed that, especially when the pandemic first hit, you know, the first couple months of being stuck at home, it seemed like there were more people who were out speeding louder later at night than I ever remember before and I don't know whether that was just a coincidence or whether it really has gotten that much worse all over town recently. Well I know the people that I talked to said it has it's got worse the last two or three years. Um, traffic has quadrupled in some areas and the speed has just um, the average speed of, of the vehicles are just a lot faster than they were so there's definitely an issue there and they're working on a solution. So hopefully they'll come to that soon. Yes, for sure. And in sports, we've got a couple of announcements. Leaving to minor soccer is going to have a summer season, which is going to begin on July the 12th. They're in the process of running their online registration right now. It started Monday. So um, anybody that wants to sign up for soccer can do that. They have limited spots available because they have to follow a lot of protocols. Only one parent will be allowed to observe the game the practices and games they won't be able to bring siblings um similar to what minor hockey did last year where they're just going to allow one parent there at least until things open up a little better maybe in stage three step three um, of the reopening plan they may be able to have a few more people like grandparents and, and stuff come along and watch the game so that's good minor baseball is also starting up um in leamington and kingsville and um they, they were out on the diamonds this past week uh, getting their workouts in. They can start games after step one is achieved. So 
that'll be in a couple of weeks. And, and I think they're looking forward to, to playing some baseball too. And I was out at the ball diamond on this past Saturday morning as both my kids are playing and they, they were so excited to get out there. Um, especially, you know, they're, they're younger. So they missed last year, obviously like everyone did, but missed last year. And so this is really the first that they're going to remember because they were too young to remember being in, you know, they did, um, my daughter did soccer before, but it was a couple of years ago and she vaguely remembers that. So they were both so excited to get out there on Saturday, but you know, it was just, it was nice to see, um, you know, all the kids out there, all the families out there, the coaches, you could just tell everyone was so excited to be out there. So it was wonderful to see. Definitely the feeling I got from talking to a couple coaches and just um, walking by and seeing people chatting and everything. It was kind of a nice, normal feeling for a change. So uh, we did get a couple of pictures out there. So those will be in the paper this week as well. Oh, that's great. Yes. And like you said, um, you know, just hopefully as things um, start opening up more, I know there's lots of grandparents who are excited to get out and see their grandkids doing activities like that. So yeah, we hope they can get out there soon. For sure. For sure. And that's about it for uh, the major stories in the paper this week. All right. Well, thank you, Mark. And uh, now we, I actually have an interview that I did with Jason Toner, who's the Director of Marketing Communications at Tourism Windsor-Essex Pili Island. So um, I know a lot of people are going to be doing staycations this summer again, like last year, um, you know, might not be traveling too much because of some of the restrictions. So um, Jason has some great suggestions and talks a lot about different things to do in Windsor-Essex. So uh, now is my interview with Jason Toner. Thanks so much for joining me, Jason. And so I just wanted to talk um, first to talk about staycations, but before that, wanted to just touch on the fact that the tourism industry um, was one of the hardest hit industries because of the pandemic. So what are some of the ways that you've seen local businesses pivot um, as a result of everything? Yeah, like you said, hardest hit, and it's going to be the longest hit industry too. It's going to take the longest amounts back. Uh, but what we've seen, and contrary to a lot of other spots in the province too, is the resiliency of our entrepreneurs and small businesses and how they've really succeeded. Um, you know, the curbside pickup, delivery with wineries and breweries, and uh, the patio services, adapting outdoor venture services for small groups instead of those large settings that people normally do, um, that people are rolling into their everyday operations moving forward, which is nice. So they were able, able to pivot but then adapt that into a future business model. We have some businesses actually that because they adapted that way last year, they actually made more money uh, the way that they marketed themselves and realized you know, they don't have to focus on the large, but when you focus on that micro setting, you can charge it a little bit more and it feels a little bit more special uh, for the people. Um, we also found that the businesses rallied together. Um, we've always had a very cooperative uh, tourism industry, but seeing the businesses come out and you know, one image of a brewery helps all breweries. You know, one image of a wine bottle helps all wineries. So following that mantra and moving forward on that, it, you know, it, we, we always use one pinnacle image to represent the, the entire industry in our ad pieces. The business is following suit as well, realizing that when you talk about anything within Windsor Essex that's tourism related, it props up the entire industry. So it was nice to see them all starting to, to intertwine uh, organically. It wasn't anything that was forced. They just realized to survive, everyone's going to partner together. But it set a lot of stones in place to make that path forward a much more cohesive path and 
you know, we're, we're launching packages this year where, you know, four or five businesses are working together. Um, we're doing itineraries where five or six businesses are organically putting itineraries together. So it's just nice to see that, that uh, we haven't even had to do much of the handholding once we initially started those conversations. And that's the perfect segue into talking about staycations and how people um, in Windsor, Essex can just enjoy all of the different things that we have to offer right here in our own community. So um, I know you guys are calling it the summer of the staycation. So what are some uh, suggestions that you have for local residents on how they can enjoy everything that we have to offer here? Yeah, we've actually made a hub on our website, visitwindsoressex.com slash staycation. And that's where we're driving locals to. Uh, we know the locals are going to get out uh, early and get out more this year. Uh, so trying to educate them as much as we can on all those assets. Um, our biggest tool that we provide people with is our itinerary builder. Uh, and we've pre-designed about 25 itineraries that people can go in their day trip itineraries. It's all based around the locals. Um, so day trip itineraries based on that topic. So if you want outdoor adventure, here's one about cycling, here's one about water. And what we love about the pre-designed itineraries is it inspires you. So maybe you don't like canoeing, but you like paddleboarding, or maybe you don't want to go paddleboarding, but you want to sit at the beach. You can supplement different items in those itineraries, uh, but it's in that vein of what you're looking for. You can also create your own uh, there. We know outdoor adventure is going to be huge this year. So we're really trying to prop up uh, those elements you can see in our visitor guide, even the cover of it is kayaking through Pesh Island. Um, so we're really focusing on that aspect. We know groups are slowly going to come back, but we're really focusing on those individual or small bubble events too. Um, our visitor guide is a great asset too for people to explore. Uh, we have special pages in there for do DIY kits at home. Um, on bubble fun, you know, there's a guy that does bubble soccer. Uh, if you don't want to go to a mini golf course, there's uh, some providers that bring mini golf to you. So you can do it with just that, that comfort level. Learning about those comfort levels is going to be a challenge for a lot of these businesses and a lot of people getting out, you know, having that, that security of knowing when you go to a place that's safe or feeling safe. Um, we have a program called Safe Travels um, that uh, the World Travel Congress and as well our, our, re our provincial um, are operating. So we're encouraging businesses to register for that. And you get a logo on your door when you are registered. So you know it's safe when you walk in. Um, but we're really focusing on outdoor um, as our key and um, those outdoor events. So, you know, you have open streets in Kingsville, open streets in or open air weekends in Amherstburg, um, the farmer's markets. We just launched a new program through We Heart Local that's a free digital passport. It's inspiring you to go and visit the farmer's visit the roadside stands, visit the markets. Um, and what we hope stuff like that does is, so you're driving around from fruit stand to fruit stand on the passport to try and get more points to get gifts, essentially. But it's taking you down roads you've never traveled before or taking you past places you may not have driven in in the last three years. So trying to get you to, you know, just open your eyes to more in the community is what we're really trying to do through the staycation program. And, um, you know, saying something for everyone that that's such an overused saying, but there truly is something for, you know, any uh, interest, any, um, you know, different thing that you could be interested in. There's something in their area for everyone. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we have our four main silos. So we focus on arts and culture, food and drink, entertainment and outdoor adventure, but they all tie in together. You know, no one itinerary is just, you know, you're not just going to canoe, then bike, then go for a hike. Uh, we're, we're intertwining or uh, tying in, you know, some food and drink stops or tying in, you know, to hike, walk around the murals downtown. So trying to, to mix all that together and give you a, a taste 
every year we find more or not more and more, but every year we find more and more that the locals want to know more locally. Um, there is that pride of place. And especially in the last year, you know, that support local movement, you know, it, it became such an important piece in our marketing last year. And we're going to continue with that for sure. Uh, but locals have become advocates for that too. Um, even shopping, we have a shopping guide, shopyqg.ca highlights all retails, retail places. And then we have a program called We Made It. So uh, yqgmade.ca, that highlights local artisans and makers. And stuff like that has definitely become larger. And now they're offering classes, you know, how to make candles, how to make pottery, uh, take your own pottery kits home. So I just, I, I love, I love the small business and I love the entrepreneur side of things. So we've been continually developing programs that help prop those people up because they were the hardest hit. And uh, anything we can do to celebrate that is going to be uh, successful. And that's great. And where again can people go to get uh, all the information, your website, social media handles? Yeah, so we will have the feature in your magazine uh, coming out in a few weeks, which is great. Uh, so we have some of those highlighted spots that we're talking about. Uh, but then visit windsoressex.com slash staycation. And we're updating that weekly too. So it's not like it's a one-time stop. Um, we'll be updating as new content comes in. We uh, highlight blog bloggers. So we invite influencers down. And those are also great ways to learn things to do. Uh, we give an itinerary to an influencer and they give an authentic uh a representation of what that experience is, was, but you can easily adapt that to an itinerary for you to do over one day, two days. Um, they usually come down for three or four days, but you can pull different bits and pieces, uh, flipping through the blogs to see what that person, if you gravitate to that lifestyle of whatever they live through their social media, maybe you want to try that experience that they did uh, or replicate it with some similar places. But that's all at visitwindsoressex.com slash staycation. Okay, that's great. Well, thank you so much. And um, no shortage of, of things for people to do around here this summer. So thank you. I appreciate it. Great. Thank you, Melissa. And as Jason just mentioned in my interview, uh, there is a feature in the upcoming issue of South Point Living, uh, where Tourism Windsor-Essex Peely Island uh, provided some staycation suggestions that were specific to the Leamington and Kingsville area. So um, the newest issue of South Point Living will be coming out very soon, uh, hopefully the first of next week. And also in there, in addition to, to those staycation suggestions, there's some fashion, beauty, home decor, entertaining, food, drinks. Um, the, one of our features is about the benefits of micro weddings. And so many people are being forced to have micro weddings if they don't want to postpone until they can have larger numbers. So um, just a lot of exciting things coming up in, in this newest issue of South Point Living. And one of the things I just want to note too is just, um, you know, the contributors that provided some articles for there. We just have such a um, wealth of talent in this area of people who are just doing great things and, um, you know, experts in their areas. And so we have a lot of really good articles from some contributors, um, local contributors, but also there's a, a section in the magazine about local makers and people who are actually making products locally. And so that was really fun to learn more about some of the things that are going on. So, um, you know, between the staycation suggestions, the contributors, these local makers, I mean, it's really um, just so nice to see how much is, is going on in our community and, and the amount of talent that we have in living in our community. I think it's one of those things that there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of great things that we don't even know about. So that's one of the reasons that we wanted to start South Point Living. So on that note, if there is anything that you would like to see covered in a future issue of South Point Living, if you have some uh, story ideas, 
please feel free to email hello at southpointlivingmag.ca. Um, and as always, if there's anything that's of a more timely nature, you have any of our listeners have suggestions for the South Point Sun newspaper, you can email sun at southpointsun.ca. So um, local history, June 23rd, 1893 is the oldest copy of the Kingsville Reporter that is on record online. I don't know how far back it went before that, but there is a, a website online that's got all of the uh, old copies of Leamington Posts and Kingsville Reporters. And the oldest issue on record on this website was from June 23rd, 1893. So 128 years ago. And there were some interesting things that were in uh, the paper and the Kingsville Reporter 128 years ago. So I just wanted to share some of those. Um, one of them was, we are likely to have our streets sprinkled during the months of July, August, and September. This is commendable, and if the council respond as liberally as some of the citizens have, we will soon have our streets free from dust. So obviously, 1893 was well before paved roads. Yes, long before. Yeah, so... Also in that uh, issue of the Kingsville Reporter, and Mark, you know that one of my favorite things to read in old newspapers is just the the social things that were going on. Yes. So good stuff. Yes. In Incottom, C. Craig had purchased a bicycle and was riding it quite freely. Oh, freely. Yes, freely. Also in Cotham, Jesse White left for Minnesota on Monday and does not expect to return until late in the fall. He with the select few singers serenaded the town Saturday night, making a soothing lullaby to those who heard. Wow. So imagine, you know, you're just laying in your bed and you got your windows open and all of a sudden you hear some singers and they just lull you to sleep. Isn't better that than, something? Better than the car sounds of all the speeding cars. And <laughs> That's right. That's right. In Leamington, there was a bicycle race between Ernie McDonald and Deli Evans, and it created considerable interest at the track. The distance was half a mile, and McDonald won with a time of 1 minute 37 seconds. Wow. Now I wonder if that was the track at the fairgrounds. I bet you it was. That's what I wondered, too. Do you know yeah. of any other tracks that have been around? In the I've area? never, no, I've never known of any. And, and that's a half mile track. So that makes sense. Well, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Awesome. And then the only other thing that uh, I found of interest, not, I mean, there were lots of things of interest, but that I wanted to, to share here was that in from Northridge, Joseph Carter was here one day last week visiting relatives. He was fresh from the Great Columbian Exposition in Chicago, and he has returned to the city again and proposes to remain there for a month to try and see a few of the many things that are on exhibition from all parts of the civilized world, some useful and some useless. So just like the, the, the ending to that, you know, yeah, I think we cool. could all use some useful and useless things in our lives. The blatant honesty in the reporting of the day is just that's something to behold when you read those those old stories because they don't hold anything back. Um, you see death notices with graphic description of how someone died and, and you just go, wow, we can't even a lot of times give people's names anymore, you know. Right. So and you wonder when did all that change, change right? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? When and why. Yes. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yes. So, um, yeah, again, that was the Kingsville Reporter from uh, June 23rd, 1893. And so in keeping with June 23rd, um, this day in history, the International Olympic Committee was founded in Paris. So that was 127 years ago. 
now I found this very timely as I was reading that just because of all of the um, discussions surrounding the current summer games. So the 2020 summer games were postponed last year and they're scheduled to take place this summer in Tokyo starting July 23rd and running until August 8th. But there's a lot of concern right now about the safety of participants and the risk of COVID-19 spreading. And so a member of the Ugandan Olympic team has already tested positive and they were only the second team to arrive in Japan um, ahead of the Olympic Games. And Japan, I didn't realize this, Japan is reportedly one of the slowest developed nations in getting their population vaccinated. Currently, um, it's estimated only 6% of their residents are vaccinated there. So I think that's also contributing to some of the concerns because spectators from overseas had already been banned from attending the Olympic Games, but they were still saying that there would be a limited number of um, Japanese spectators that could come in to watch. So with so few of them being vaccinated, um, you know, you just wonder what kind of uh, problems that's going to cause for things, but it will be interesting to see. I mean, there was, honestly, I didn't even know that these Olympic Games would happen um, right. you know, yeah. I, I was expecting them maybe to get canceled again, but I feel bad for anybody who, um, you know, the Olympics happen so rarely and some mm-hmm. people only get one shot at them. So, you know, maybe people that even missed last year that didn't even get a chance to come this time. Around. I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are people that are affected by that for sure. Mm-hmm. And then also June 23rd, you know, once again, we have some fun observances. So going back to the useless, um, you know, probably that's, this is more just on the the fun side of things. But today, June 23rd is let it go day. And it's supposed to be a day to forget every regretful situation and the things that play on our minds and lead us to become angry, frustrated, hurt, guilt ridden, or even embarrassed. Oh, yeah. So just anything you got that's festering there, just Just let let it it go. go. So I'm not currently speaking to my sister, Elsa. So <laughs> would that, uh, would I have to let that go? Then? Yes, yes. It's, uh, okay. uh, that would be a good thing. And this reminds me of one of my son's favorite jokes. He's four. And he says, uh, why can't you give Elsa a balloon? Oh. Because she'll let it go. Oh, there you go. That's one of his go-to jokes whenever he's trying (laughs) to get a few laughs. So um, June 23rd is also National Hydration Day, and it serves as a reminder for all of us um, how important it is to drink water and keep hydrated. Yes. So be sure to drink some water. Mm -hmm. Um, It's National Pink Day, which is just a celebration of the color pink and everything it represents. And I don't know if there's a a link between that one and this next one, but it's also Pink Flamingo Day. And it was established in 2007 in Massachusetts, not to honor the living animal, but to honor American artist Don Featherstone, who was the creator of the plastic lawn flamingo. Oh, wow. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Something you and I have talked about previously is running. And how we yes. don't, neither one of us do it. And how right. you said that if you are out running, there's, you're probably being chased by someone or. Correct. That's yes. right. So if you, if you happen to find yourself out running today, though, take a selfie because today is runner's selfie day. Oh, wow. I didn't yes. know that either. So that's good. I will have to pretend I'm running and take a selfie of myself. Yes. And then make sure it gets in the sun. There, yeah. Put that yes. in the sun. Um, get that into the sun yeah and then it's also typewriter day and it's celebrated worldwide to embrace promote and share the use of typing machines and it's the reason it's held on this day is because it was on this day in 1868 that inventor christopher latham shoals was granted a patent for his typewriting machine so yes and we all learned on typewriters those of us of a certain age so that's kind of uh 
kind of neat thing. Some of us learned on Commodore 64s. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> Not on that. typewriter. Although I really do appreciate an old typewriter. I like typewriters. I just think there's something um, so fun. I love that um, the nickname for a typewriter is a literary piano. Mm -hmm. I once heard that and I just thought that was a neat little term that's perfect. for it. So, yeah. yeah sure. Yes. So that's it. Sure. That's, that's what's going on June 23rd. So uh, now that we're getting ready to close out the podcast, do you have trivia answers? I do. Uh, the hottest planet in the solar system, most people would think that would be Mars, but it's actually Venus. Venus wrong. has an average, uh, average temperature of 880 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow, so great. that's pretty hot. Mm -hmm. um, Japanese sake is made from rice. And most people know that, but rice wine is actually a, a form of sake. So I didn't know that because I thought sake was done differently than rice wine. The country which is the largest exporter of Christmas trees is Canada. I got that one. That was kind of gimme. Um, the group of friends in Stand By Me were searching for a dead body. I thought it was, as soon as you asked that question, because that's one of my favorite movies i haven't watched it for so long though but um i was trying to think of what his name was and i can't think of what his name's gonna yeah, be yeah i can't either i can't either but i remember um them going out going along the railroad tracks and they had all the leeches all over them and all that sort of yeah. stuff and uh, people may not realize that that was based on a stephen king book so a lot of people don't know that rob reiner was the director and that was probably one of his first big blockbusters so and the the so actors cool. in it too that so many of them went on to yes. have big careers so yeah great movie. for sure and the final question name that tune it's close to midnight something evil's lurking in the dark did you get that one is it thriller it's thriller okay it's thriller. i it's close to midnight that was the part i i wouldn't have known that the next yeah. line that's what that usually was. give it away yes yeah oh that's great believe it or not that thriller album thriller album um spent 37 weeks as number one um, on the charts and produced seven top 10 singles. Wow. Can you name any of those seven? Oh, would that have been, um, was Billy Jean in there? Billy Jean was included. Yes. Oh, PYT. Thriller, pretty young. PYT was on there. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Off the top of my head, those are the only two I can come up with right now. And I know I'll know more. Just can't think. So of, of course you had, Billie Jean and PYT and Thriller mm -hmm. um, also had Beat It, um, Human Nature, Want to Be Starting Something, The Girl Is Mine, and I think that's it. That was seven. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So it's quite a quite a feat when you think of it. Seven hits coming off an album like that and staying on staying number one for practically the whole year. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's something else. So even just thinking that you don't often see albums anymore. I mean, there's singles that come out, but with, with the streaming and downloading and stuff like that, it's not like the days of an album and you were running to the record store or going to get a, right. a tape or anything like that. It just seems like there's lots of singles released, but not full albums. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, thanks, Mark. Okay. And just in closing, as always, want to thank DJ Kersey for our podcast theme song and Sarah Hafling of Elevate Podcast Co. for uh, producing this podcast. And to our listeners, thank you very much. Um, you know, we hope that if you are enjoying this, uh, you know, you'll subscribe and keep updated every time a new episode is released. Any suggestions, email sun at southpointsun.ca or hello at southpointlivingmag.ca. And we will be back next week for um, our regular podcast, but also a special bonus podcast that will be Canada Day Trivia. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to it.